I squile nostalgia. Good day, my friends and relatives. You're listening to the Friends and Relatives Radio Hour on KMRE 102.3 FM in Bellingham. I'm your co-host, Tony Hilaert-Sinitznat, Tsatsumton-Sinitznat, and we are here today with the Rakol Cree Canoe Club. Uh, Tia Nishchacha Joe Johnson, uh, Sia Nishchacha Lana Johnson, Sia Nishchacha Kat Kennedy. Uh, thank you all for, for being here. Uh, so if you can, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves, uh, where you're from, uh, and how did you end up uh, where you are today with the Rakol Cree Canoe Club? Good evening, everybody. My name is Lana Johnson. My Indian name is Haitsalitsa, which comes from um, my dad's family in Swinomish. Um, my parents are Richard and Donia Edwards from Nooksack and Lummi. Um, my grandparents are um, Pauline Damien and Alvin Dan from Swinomish and Betty Jimmy and John Romero um, from Nooksack. And my great-grandparents are um, Bertha and Morstan from Swinomish and Syndic and Susan Jimmy from Nooksack. Um, I started paddling when I was 11. Um, my dad is our canoe owner and skipper of Rakol Creek Canoe Club, and my dad comes from Lummi Nation. He's a member of the Lummi Nation tribe. Cool. Awesome. Joe? Hi, everybody. I'm Joe Johnson. Uh, my ancestral name is Wyalkistin. Uh, I also carry uh, another ancestral name of Seawake uh, Canem. Uh, Wyalkistin comes from Skagit. Um, through my dad, Joe Johnson, who carries the same name, and Seawake uh, Canem from my grandpa, Wes, from Nooksack. Uh, my parents are Colette Bob and Joseph Johnson from Lummi. Uh, grandparents, Shirley and Wes Bob. Uh, great-grandparents, uh, Sam Kagey and Mary Helen Kagey. Uh, that's from my mother's side. On my father's side, uh, my grandma, grandparents are Vivian Tom uh, and Joe Johnson from Nooksack. Great grandparents, uh, Isidore Tom. So that's a little bit of my family tree. Uh, I can keep going on on that subject for hours. Uh, how I got with uh, Rakol Creek Canoe Club is I married into <laughs> paddling. <laughs> I was, uh, for those of you who, may, who might know me, I was a softball player uh, pretty much my whole life. But uh, I was fortunate enough and blessed to meet uh, my wife, Lana, and she was a paddler. Uh, and, you know, when you're married to a paddler, you pretty much have no choice. You're at, you're at the water, you might as well get in the canoe. So it's, it's been a blessing. It's been, it's been good for me. Um, cool. But, yeah, so that's, that's me. My name is uh, Catherine Kennedy. Uh, my ancestral name is Tispato, from, uh, and that name comes from my Skagit ancestry. Uh, my mother is Juana Branson from Nooksack Tribe, and her parents are Betty Jimmy Romero and uh, Johnny Romero. And my father is Kim Cooper from Nooksack. So I guess it's easier to say I'm related to everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I started paddling... Uh, with my Uncle Richard, Lana's dad, when I was nine years old. Uh, Lana's mom and my mom are sisters. So it's been something we've always done together our whole life. And um, and I think it truly is 
a spirit that's life-saving for a lot of people and mm-hmm. and I have a lot of testimony I could share with many young people about that. Awesome, great. Uh, you, you talked a little bit about uh, its creation uh, in 1993, but can you tell us a little more about um, uh, the timing of when it was created and, and how it came into being? Um, my dad purchased a Rakol Cree, the canoe, from master carver Roy Edwards. Um, Roy's from Vancouver Island, and uh, it's my dad's late uncle. So uh, our canoe is very precious to us because uh, he was a well-known canoe carver and very respected elder in our um, canoe families. So we're very fortunate to have one of his gifts um, to carry on his legacy on the water. Um, My dad reminds us that um, our canoeing stems from his descendants of, um, and his ancestors that paddled on telegraph canoe. Um, my dad paddled when he was a teenager, and uh, we're very fortunate that he taught us um, that paddling is a way of life, and, and now we share his teachings with our children, his grandchildren. Um, my kids paddle, um, and... I think it's so blessed that we get to be on the canoe and, and share the water with my mom and my dad, my husband, myself, all of my cousins, um, and then my cousin's children. So our canoe club is is really family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what makes it so special for all of us that uh, it's a generational sport. So um, we have our kids from the 10 and under crew all the way up to my parents that are still active and in their 50s um, that still train with us every day and um, and still teach us and share um, how we need to be to be paddlers. And um, my dad says it's a way of life. You know, it's not just a sport. It's truly our way of life as Coast Salish people. So um, we try to instill those teachings to our children. Is there anything to add? <clears throat> yeah, as Lana was saying, you know, Rakol Cree started in 93, but uh, we call him Big Skip, uh, Richard Edwards. And uh, he, his great-grandparent, great-grandpa was uh, owner of Telegraph, and and a lot of our, a lot of what he teaches are like an echo of what his parents were taught and what, um, he was taught so it's it's like Lana says it's a it's a generational thing and I like to you know always say our ancestors our elders our old people were so smart in how they set us up to live how they gave us all the gifts and tools we needed with with what they had you know with what we have as as Indian people um, it's so simple and so so much common sense comes into uh, any way of life that that we live, and especially with the canoe, it's all common sense. You take care of your body, you take care of your mind, your spirit. Um, you know things like that. Resp- walk with respect, walk with love. Um, so you know all those teachings come into play, and as we teach that to our children while we're paddling, it's something that they get to carry with them in their everyday life uh, through school, through sports, through the trials and tribulations of of growing up you know, the different changes in life. They have the tools to be able to reach within themselves 
and know that they have a little bit more. Just like we give on the canoe, you have a little bit more to give and they can carry on through life that way. So really in a way, in, in some ways, um, the canoe is, is, was a way for your, your parent, your dad, and, and also uh, elders, ancestors to pass down teachings, would you say, mm-hmm. to, for future generations as well? And I, I think um, through paddling, it, it built the foundation for who we are, mm-hmm. and uh, we carry those disciplines into our everyday life with our work. Mm-hmm with our jobs, with our families and our relationships. And I think through paddling, I I learned about teamwork, discipline, Mm -hmm. commitment. And when you bring those aspects of leadership into other aspects of life, it just helps you be successful. And um, Catherine and I have sons that are seniors in high school, Hamilton and Denicio and they do running start at Northwest Indian College. Um, they're successful students. They both canoe paddle, and um, they're drug and alcohol free. Mm. You know, and and we're very proud of that. And I think um, Hamilton has done work through paddling. With uh, he's a champion for change recipient. Um, he's also the co-president of Unity, which is the largest um, national youth organization. And uh, Hamilton's initiative was uh, traditional sports combating uh, suicide, alcohol, and drug abuse through, wow. through paddling. Wow. He used paddling as the traditional sport of choice. Uh, and Hamilton started his own uh, Buckskins crew, and they, they were good. They were champions. Um, and he helps kids stay away from drugs and alcohol, and he helps battle, you know, depression, suicide, wow. and all that through sharing the way of life of paddling. So oh. Hamilton's brought um, national attention to our our way of life. Yeah. And so we're really proud of that. Does he want to be on the radio? <laughs> I could ask him, yeah. <laughs> he should be here, Yes, right? yes. <laughs> well, uh, that, that kind of answers this next question in a way, but um, if you can, uh, tell us a little bit why this particular canoe club is important to you and canoeing in general, uh, why it's important to you? The Recall Creek Canoe Club is so much more than just a canoe club for me. It's, it's family and what I love the most about it is we've all learned so much about each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we know our weaknesses and our strengths and where we can help and encourage each other. We take care of each other on and off the water all year round, not just the summer months. It's 12 months out of the year. Mm-hmm. We're talking to each other. We're encouraging each other and working together. And um, a lot of us participate in the winter ceremony, so we're together during those ceremonies as well. Um, and it really is just... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. I could sit on the beach watching a canoe race all day long and just be at peace and not, you know, bored or rushing to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. I could just sit there all day. And my kids, uh, I have four children, by the way, uh, ages (laughs) 6 to 18, and they love it just as much as we do. They want to be on the water. They want to be racing. They want to be paddling. They just want to be goofing off in the canoe out on the lake and and sit and enjoy all of their cousins and their family and all the friends they make on at the canoe races as well. 
And then eventually that turns into learning who all of their uh, distant relatives are from other tribes, you know, because we're all connected some way or another. I think um, I think paddling truly saves lives. I've heard testimony of paddling helping combat depression, um, help with weight management. Um, I think it gives our people a a sense of self respect. You know, you're respecting your yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually, and it gives you a a place to be, a place to belong. Um, like Catherine said, we're a canoe family, so we're very family-oriented. Everything we do, we do together and with our children, with our parents, and we have a lot of support from all sides of our family, from people in Nooksack, Lummi, Swinomish. We have so many people that support us all year round with our fundraising efforts. Um, and, you know, that's, that's our way of life, helping each other giving and um, I think through paddling it's it's testimony of of all of that and of all the teachings that that we try to carry on for generations to come for our children and to keep our canoes in the water um, it's a dying sport it's a dying way of life um, it's expensive to travel to to keep a crew going and the commitment is hard you know getting people there every single day and the expectations are a lot and um, my dad always tells us paddling's not for everyone. And uh, I truly believe that. And he always says the canoe has a way of bringing the people that it needs and kind of weeding out the ones that we don't need. So uh, the canoe helps us more than we can even express. I think the most important thing is that Big Skip always reminds us is to have fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. You know, every day it's about having fun and being together, enjoying each other. And we always talk about making a journal and <laughs> keeping track of all of our our adventures and our experiences. Every race, every canoe practice is fun, and we always have different stories to share. That we we should probably write them down and pass yeah. them on to our kids and our grandkids to remember too. Yeah, sure. I think what makes uh, Rickhole Creek Canoe Club uh, so important to me and um, is knowing where I'm going to be, knowing what I'm going to do. It brings so much structure into my life to where um, I know what I'm doing from March to September. I know where I'm going to be. And, you know, it took, it took my uh, non-paddling family a lot of time to get used to my, uh, no, I can't be there, I have to paddle. But, you know, they know where I'm at. My parents know where I'm at. My grandparents know where I'm at. And I like to say, you know, when when I'm out on the canoe and as long as we're out on the canoe and living that way of life and and uh, carrying on what our ancestors taught us, you know, I like to think of them as up there watching us dancing in the sky, you know, because we we bring them that much joy to keep that way of life alive, what they had. It, it reminds us that what they had is good enough for us. You know, what we do is good enough for them. And I think that's why it's so important. Just It, it lets me know where I'm going to be. Heishka, Etza, and Squall. 
Uh, thank you for your words. Uh, you're listening to Friends and Relatives Radio Hour on KMRE 102.3 FM in Bellingham. We'll be right back with more from the Recold Creek Canoe Club. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Friends and Relatives Radio Hour. I'm Darrell Holaire, Satsumtum Sunasnat, and today we are talking to the Ricole Cree Canoe Club of the Nooksack Nation. And uh, earlier we, we got to know you a little bit about your family and the, and the birth of the Canoe Club. Now let's uh, turn to that competitive fire of canoe racing. Uh, we know that you trained long and hard. Probably uh, a lot of the folks train year-round, and, and you're competing in a race where other canoe clubs or uh, canoes are right next to you, and you you race over a course that's perhaps uh, three to five miles long. Sometimes after that distance, you're still uh, neck and neck with other canoe clubs. So, how does that feel, and where does that competitive fire come from? I think I'm competitive at nature but um, I think as I've grown older I've learned uh, to put the team's needs ahead of my own as an individual and uh, that took a lot of years for me um, I've learned that by training others to be their best selves it, it helps the crew as a whole instead of just focusing on on me and me getting good and me being the best. Um, and like I said, I've paddled since I was 11, so that took me a lot of years to to grow as a, a leader of our canoe club. And um, that's not to say that we're not competitive. Um, we're even competitive amongst each other, but in a positive way because we then push each other and we push each other to the limits and we've exceeded things that we've never even thought were possible. Um, I think through being at that competitive level, um, I've been fortunate enough to travel and race nationally. I've raced in New Zealand, Hawaii, Winnipeg. Um, I did the Native American Indigenous Games for canoeing um, in Winnipeg. And this year, NAG is in Toronto. My children will, will race canoeing. So Joe and I will, will travel to support our children. Um, and so I think being on that next level um, and raising the bar, you know, raising the expectations for our paddlers um, 
and not expecting anything more than what we would put out ourselves, you know, leading by example. And um, I think that's what sets us apart. <clears throat> well, they say uh, competition breeds champions, and I'm a firm believer in that because uh, the more you compete with yourself, the more you can view yourself as a champion. And it's it's to not in the sense of being arrogant or, or boastful, but in the sense of having that self-confidence to do what you need to do and get done what you need to get done. Uh, and it's the same for the canoe. You know, you, you talk about competing against the other canoes out there. Well, one of the things that, that we're really taught is we're not out there to compete against anybody else but ourselves. Um, throughout a whole race, and some of the paddlers know the feeling of the race, and some of the spectators that have uh, raced before know the feeling of being in a race, and, and it's grueling. Uh, there's times, there's races where we've been into where I have moments where I, what am I doing out here? I'm not going to finish this race, and I'm not even to the turn yet. Uh, that's when you have all these different little battles going on. It's called war canoe. Well, you have all these different little battles going on within your own canoe, within your own self, that each battle has to be won. And that's a competition of getting that battle, getting through that battle, uh, reaching forward and taking the next stroke. You know, it's nothing to prove to anybody out there but yourself is what you can accomplish. So that's, that's the competition part. Uh, but there's athletes who... <laughs> Like myself, grew, grew up playing any kind of sport, and you know, I I always want to try my best to do my best. To add to that, I think the the spirit of competition or that that fire isn't just in me during a race. It's all year round. Everything's a race. Everything. Um, but what it's taught me is, you work hard. You do your best. You give everything you've got, no matter what you're doing. If it's paddling, if it's at work, if it's at school, if it's in the gym, you know, whatever you need to do to make yourself 1% better every day. And I think... Um, you're a winner. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're taught just finish the race. That's an accomplishment in itself. And uh, sometimes, you know, we've raced distance races, and it's mentally challenging that you're dealing with a lot of different elements, waves, weather, heat, rain, cold. It, it's mentally exhausting when you're doing long distance races. And uh, our war canoes aren't, aren't that long, the races that we compete in the war canoes. Um, I think we condition for those. But when we go up against uh, other teams nationally and compete in distance races, uh, it's a lot different for us, and it's challenging for us. And um, a lot of people are amazed that we can even compete with other crews in distance races because we don't train for distance. But I think our people are taught and grilled, you know, from a young age about being resilient and being mentally tough and just finish the race, you know. And so I think our mental toughness is is another thing that sets us apart. <clears throat> All these things that you uh, are talking about uh, lends to uh, to one thing in my mind, um, in that 
there's uh, there's a there's a lot of pride in Warkanoo Racing. The uh, to hear your name over the loudspeaker. I remember one Stamish, I I heard your name over the loudspeaker, and I was walking down the beach, and I I seen your father uh, Rick Edwards, and and um, he was telling me about. Uh, about the crew and who they were, because I didn't know. I was just, I was just wandering around, you know, and to, <clears throat> to realize that it was the Ricole Cree Canoe Club and that Roy made the canoe. <clears throat> I paddled with your father years ago, and it, it made me feel really proud of, of what you had accomplished. Uh, uh, how many times have you won Stamish? I'm talking about the women. I didn't see the men race. <laughs> I, I don't know if the men have ever won Stamish, but I know the I know the women have. I remember last uh, Stamish, there was a Lummy canoe that was real competitive, and Stalo's always right in there. Mm-hmm. And then Ricole Cree, and you were all lined up together, and, and then the adrenaline was so high, and, uh, you know, my I was getting I was starting to shadow box. You know, I was like, whoa, this is intense. <laughs> but uh, maybe you can share this. Uh, uh, maybe how many times you've won Stamish, and maybe uh, maybe that most uh, memorable race, if it's either Stamish or Cultus Lake or Chimanus Bay or someplace else, you know, that you had just uh, that that epic battle and <clears throat> working and racing and you know what had happened. Well, I think uh, we have a lot of competition on the water. You know, we have many many crews that fight and work just as hard as we do and uh, I have the utmost respect for for those crews for Stalo Princess who's been on the water for years um, Lady Rose I was fortunate enough to paddle with um, Rosalie and uh, you know I paddled young so I, I got the tail end of, of some of the elder paddlers from Lummi and uh, Ricole Cree's existence uh, started in Lummi so we're, we're very proud to represent both Lummi Nation and Nooksack. And my dad, being the canoe owner, he's from Lummi. And, you know, we tell everybody we represent both tribes. We have paddlers from both tribes. Um, my husband, his sister, my dad, my sister, you know, a lot of uh, Lummies and Nooksacks that paddle. Um, and I think that's that's why we get so much support and love from Lummi and Nooksack, Swinomish, um, we get we get so much love and and support and people that just encourage us, you know, and and tell us that they watch us and they're so proud of us and you know that's what keeps us going. That's what that's what we strive for to to make my dad proud on the on the beach because my dad's invested so much financially into purchasing all of our canoes. Uh, we're very canoe rich and we're very fortunate to have some of the treasures that Roy Edwards um, built, we have. We also have Raven Chief, which is uh, one of Roy's own canoes that he and his family raced for years. And uh, before he passed, um, my dad and Joe and I went up to Vancouver Island, and um, he asked my dad to be the caretaker of, of Raven Chief. So we have Rakul Cree, and we have the Raven Chief canoe. Um, our men also race on Question Mark Three, which was built by um, George Swanesett Sr. And our men do win. They're they're very uh, <laughs> they're very good. They they push us every day. Um, women are the main event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but to to go in on that uh, when 
Uh, Rakol Creek New Club really started off with just the women's crew, and um, we just recently started uh, competing with men. And when we when we first got our men's crew together, uh, we were at practice, and the women the women would beat us. <laughs> well, I was skipping for the women, so <laughs> we would beat the men, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and and it was it was uh, it was humbling for our men. Uh, just, just to learn, but you know we build and grow and and uh, you know to answer. I think my favorite race you asked for a favorite race would be the first time I ever skipped uh, the eleven women, and that was Stamish. It happened to be Stamish. You know, as a crew, our goal is always uh, Stamish. We wanna we wanna do well there. Um, it's such a big race, so many competitors. Um, but it, it it was the year Rakol Cree the the person not the canoe it was the year she uh was in in labor with her son Melosi uh so <laughs> so Rick 2012 2012 so Rick Lana Donia everybody was at the hospital half the crew <laughs> everybody was at the hospital waiting for Melosi to be born and uh the ladies that were at uh, the Stamish grounds at the race site and it's going to it's my very first race skipping uh, they've some of them never seen me skip an eleven before, and I've I've only done it once or twice at practice, so it, it, it's nerve wracking. And then uh, Lana and Lana, you got there like literally as they were calling, you know, second call, women's eleven, get on the line. <laughs> and some of the ladies were, oh, I'm sick. Oh, I have a headache. Oh, and then here comes Lana pulling in and. Everybody's, oh, we're ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> you know, so we, we line up. And uh, I think because of the fear of, uh, well, the expectation, the fear and the respect of, you know, what it takes to skip a race, I, I, I blacked out, just barely remember the race. But I do remember crossing the finish line. And, and we crossed the finish line in first in 2012. <laughs> and one of our ladies asked Joe, do you know how to call a switch? <laughs> Do you know how to call the switch? Uh, and uh, she was actually sitting seat seven trying to help me steer that race. So thank, <laughs> thank you, Leah, Joe, if you're listening. <laughs> Do you have a most memorable race? I don't know. I think every race is my favorite. Um, I can't really think of a race that sticks out in my mind. Uh, there's so many different challenges on the water, so many so many things that we've overcome together as a team. Um, I don't know. I can't really think of a favorite. But I do know that they're all my favorite, <laughs> and I do my best to have perfect attendance for training and never missing a race. You know, my husband, uh, Nacido, he's not a paddler, but he knows not to schedule anything for any weekend all summer long. <laughs> I don't, I think uh, experiencing that race with Joe and, and that being um, his first time skipping, that is a memorable race for me. Um, there's a race at Harrison and it's the generational race. And uh, I got to paddle with myself, um, my cousin Lawrence Bailey's son, um, Desmond and my two sons, Hamilton and Moses, and my dad. So it was, uh, was it a man, woman, 10 and under, 13, 13 and under, 16 and under. So it was, they wanted somebody from each of those uh, 
age groups or categories, categories and uh, that was a fun race for me because just being in the canoe with my dad and my my children um, and we took second but it was a good race and and I like those kinds of races where um, it's different elements different people in the canoe yeah, so. breaks the seriousness of the competition mm-hmm. and adds a little bit of flavor a little bit of fun to the mm-hmm. to the experience where we're not just trying to go out there and beat everybody mm-hmm. let's go have fun with our kids and show our people we can have fun so how many times have you won Stamish? <laughs> the women we don't, i don't know you don't remember no we don't I hear it every year. Like, <laughs> but it's since 2012. But my least. dad does yeah. say Stamish is like the uh, Super Bowl of paddling. So that's we always p- paint that picture at the beginning of the season, and we always tell each other that's our goal. That, yeah. You know, to win Stamish is a huge accomplishment, and that's one of the biggest races that there is. And and all the elements of the tide, the water, um, the distance. Yeah, the distance, the turns, the current at the turns, you know, everything that you have to take into consideration. And and I think at Stomish is when we get the most canoes on the starting line and, and that uh, adrenaline of just everything, it's a, it's a race to that you want, yeah. Well, I just think it's really cool. Your your name's in there, like, I think Geronimo women won all the time. Yes. Lummy women won all the time. Mm-hmm. Stalo won for a lot of years, yes, you know, yes. and they're, now that you're there. Mm-hmm. And these things, they, they, they go. Cycles. In cycles, yeah. and it's your turn now. And I just kind of just really enjoy it and, and you know, embody that, that whole idea of being a champion. You have the best explanation of what it's like to be a champion and all these things that you're carrying on. So uh, is that uh, said through your training? Because I know training, I don't know if you guys train year-round, but like expectations for how you prepare for Stamish, is that kind of ingrained into like the buckskins or new, new recruits and those things that are coming aboard for the, for the, for the next year? Mm-hmm. To be on a, yeah, to be, um, you know, as competitive as we like to be, there it comes with a lot of expectation, and it's laid out at the beginning of the season for everybody so there's no no surprises to anybody who wants to come out and and paddle with us this is this is what we do this is how we do it and and let's do it together and have fun while we're doing it um but we yeah there's some expectation there and we're i think we're really fortunate to have my dad rick um because he's our beach coach he's still active paddler but he takes on the role of uh coaching us from the beach a lot um and just having his presence there, you know, that, that sets our our standards for ourselves high, and he watches everything. He's very observant, and he's not afraid to tell us, you know, what we need to work on, what we need to fix. Um, constructive criticism, I think that's very important, and, and just having paddlers that are hungry for those teachings and, and want to learn and want to be better and just strive for that excellence that he expects of us you know and that's and we're all family so it makes it easier you know we're we all have that love and respect for him so it's simple you know one of the thing rick always shares with us is um people are watching you wherever you go whether you're on the canoe or off the canoe uh the young ones are 
oh, Ricoll Cree's here, oh, you know, they're, they're watching whether we, we really see it or not. And he really pushes for us to set a good, a good example just, you know, in the way we carry ourselves. And I think um, being part of uh, the legacy of Roy Edwards, um, for so many Stamishes, my dad and Roy would be up on the bluff watching us and you know he w- he always told us I traveled to come watch you ladies race and you know that was so special to us and and we we lost Roy recently um that was a tough loss for our family and uh just to know that he was always cheering us on and and watching us from the bluff and watching us at all the races you know that that gave us that extra motivation <coughs> The expectation, I guess, doesn't really feel like an expectation because it, it really is a way of life. You know, there is no choice. This is what I'm going to do during these months. This is where I'm going to be every day. I'm going to eat good. I'm going to exercise, take care of myself physically, mentally, and eat right. And it's just the way it is. And it's I really think and believe that's what our ancestors expect us to do. It's a beautiful life, uh, simple but hard, and uh, simple, simple but hard gets you uh, out in front, making it look easy. And that's always said about the Champion Canoes; they make it look easy. I'm Daryl Hilaire, and we're listening to KMRE 102.3 FM in Bellingham. and Relatives Radio Hour on KMRE 102.3 FM in Bellingham. 
Uh, if you're just joining us, we're here with the Recall Cree Canoe Club, um, and uh, we we have a couple of questions uh, for you guys regarding your uh, the canoes that you have. Uh, you mentioned a couple of them uh, earlier, uh, but I was wondering how many canoes do you have? Uh, what categories do you race? Uh, what types of canoes do you have? Well, we obviously we have Recall Cree uh, canoe, eleven man. Um, Raven Chief, another 11-man. Crebo, uh, uh, which is another 11-man. And we, uh, we're fortunate enough to race Question Mark 3, 11-man. Uh, the six-man canoes we have are Little Raven, Little Cree, uh, a purple one that still has yet to come out. Uh, we're going to be working on that one this year. And we also just ordered another uh, six-man for this year. So we'll have four 11s and four 6s total. Um, and numerous doubles and singles uh, that our individual paddle- paddlers own. Hmm. So, and uh, we're we uh, through fundraising efforts and a lot of support from uh, all of you guys out there. Uh, we were fortunate enough to buy an unlimited OC6 an outrigger canoe, Hawaiian style canoe, um, from Outrigger Zone, and it's the Vortex model, um, which we're happy to be able to race this year. Awesome. Uh, so do you buy your canoes from many different people, businesses, or have you guys ever made your own? Um, I've, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I'm fortunate enough to work with George Swanasit Sr. out in Nooksack, and he's, uh, he's very open and willing to teach canoe building. Uh, and I was able to uh, build my own strip single, uh, but <laughs> nothing more than that. Um, we buy from a lot of different canoe builders. We were fortunate to get our 11 men's from late Roy Edwards um, from Vancouver Island. Um, George Swanasit Sr. is another canoe builder. Um, he's delving more into the strip canoes. It's getting really hard to get uh, cedar logs. So a lot of people are having to resort to um, cedar strip canoes. Um for the singles and, and doubles, we've bought from Grant McCarty, who is a non-native canoe builder from Vancouver Island, um, George Swanasit, senior and junior, um, Len Morse from Geronimo Canoe Club, um, Mark and Keith Point built uh, our Little Cree six-man from Five Star Canoe Club. Um, am I forgetting any other canoe builders? So I think tapping into all the resources from the different canoe clubs and the different uh, canoe builders that are willing to to sell their their canoes to us and share their gifts with us, um, we're very, very fortunate. Cool. Awesome. Uh, So uh, what's coming in in 2017? What are your plans? What are your goals for, for your canoe club? Coming in 2017, hopefully, is going to be the same as 2016. <laughs> like I said before, it's it's pretty uh, structural. I mean, mm-hmm. the a lot of the race committees have already met, and the I believe the race schedule is out now. And uh, we start our first race is the first weekend in May. Uh, Tulalip is hosting that one, mm-hmm. and then we'll be racing every weekend all the way until Nia Bay. Uh, which is the last race. 
in August, the in last August, weekend yeah. in August. Um, I also mentioned the Indigenous Games that's going to be held in Toronto this year. We're, we're hoping to have some representation from our youth paddlers at um, NAG. Um, we're hoping we get a chance to race our outrigger. So we're going to look for um, outrigger races for us to participate in. Um, our canoe schedule has been set, but there's some open weekends in July. So um, that's perfect timing for NAG, and then hopefully we get to race in, in some of those distance races. Um, we like to do the, uh, the Seattle grind, or they call it the grind down in Seattle, uh, which is a distance race. I believe it's 12 miles. Um, then there's another one down in Stevenson. Um, it's called the, the Gorge, and, and that's that's a fun race. So we're racing in the Columbia River. And those are outrigger races, so that's a couple we'd like to do. The, one of the things that uh, Rokol Creek Canoe Club has been trying to do um, with our paddlers and our, our family is we like to we like to um, compete through our work new circuit, and then we like to find at least one race, outrigger race that we can travel to and and kind of unwind from the paddling season and and finish our season like that. I mean, we bring friends and family, and that's what a lot of our fundraising efforts go to is is for travel for that. Last year we went to uh, the Kona distance race in Hawaii. Um, our youth. 18 and under crew took first. Our mixed crew um, for the double haul took second. second. Our ladies double haul took fourth. Um, and Men's double haul took fourth. Yeah. And we did the distance race. Um, that was pretty rough this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun, and it's a good way to, for us to end our season and um, – get some sunshine you know we we have a really grueling uh training from march all the way till our last race in the last week of um august so it's tough on our bodies and it's it's tough you know not really having much downtime we don't we don't get a lot of free time when we're paddling so you know to to get to travel and and have that last race with our paddlers is it's special and um we don't know where we're going to go this year for for outrigger. Um, we're looking at other other races, um, other opportunities, um, but we're definitely going to do some some traveling. Cool. Uh, after your last race, uh, as soon as you're done, uh, how long of a break do you guys take before you start training again? You know, you see like uh, NBA stars or just professional athletes that. Uh, they're they're playing in the playoffs one day, and then the next they're lying on the beach drinking a margarita. So, how long do you guys take to to break, you know, and 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 have some downtime? This this year for me, um, I suffered an injury with tennis elbow from paddling. Oh, wow. You know, just my doctor just said it was from repetitive repetitive motion yeah. of paddling. Yeah. So, for me, I took I took three months off. And I just had to, but I'm getting older. So, you know, as I'm getting older, it's taking me longer to recover. And um, so for me, I, I took some time for my body to just have a break and just heal. And um, I feel good. So that was for me. Yeah. When, we, uh, when we do something that we enjoy and love so much, it's, it's hard to really take a break. 
Mm-hmm. You know, paddling season comes to an end, races come to an end, and you know the first first couple weekends after the season is over, we're kind of sitting around looking at each other like, what are we gonna do? Right, right. <laughs> you know, so we'll go out on the canoe every once in a while and just kind of unwind and mm-hmm. ease off of it and try to keep up on our running. And try to. Try. <laughs> 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 we get busy in the winter months with our winter ceremonies right. too, so. So we kind of don't have a choice but to take a break sometimes. But uh, like Lana said, we're getting older, and I have goals to still be on the water at 80 years old. So Mm -hmm. just keep moving every day and be healthy. And And I think uh, we try to give back to the community as much as we can. We try to support other local efforts. Um, So our paddlers participate in the Bellingham Bay Marathon We've done a lot of the fun runs, superhero the, fun run, the five Ks. Um, so we try to be involved in the outer community as well, uh, because we get a lot of support from the outer community with our fundraising, and we've made a lot of friends through the outrigger circuit, um, non-native paddlers, and you know. So I think the more you give and the more you support others, all of that comes back to you in one way or another. So we're really big on on supporting those other events and we did the, some of the um, races at Lake Samish. Oh yeah, the um, uh, sound rowers or Wacom sound rowers? Salmon row. Yeah, salmon row, uh, Dan Harris challenge, we like to do that one. That's another one we'll be doing this year as well, Dan Harris challenge um, in April, I believe. So we, we go up against any type of water, non-motorized watercraft, so it could be a kayak. Uh, Rowing shells. Uh, it's it's fun. We try not to get in the way. <laughs> you know, we're big, so yeah. 50, 51 foot canoe, and we're and we're against like two men and one man. So <laughs> sometimes we're a bit much for the water, but we learned what starboard was. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we we raced at uh, the Dirty Dan Challenge and what's uh, that Boulevard? Oh yeah, Boulevard Park. Yeah, and uh, we had Amanda Humphrey skip us, so mm-hmm. it was a lady skipper and. Of course, we didn't know, or we didn't go to the skippers meeting, and we didn't know it was a starboard turn. And uh, we were up in the front with a um, kayaker, surf ski, surf ski, oh. yeah. And uh, we turned the wrong way. <laughs> got in his way. Almost ran him over. <laughs> oh, no. And so they told us, "You're supposed to turn starboard." We're like. Oh, okay, sorry. So, what? Starbucks? Yeah, I'll take <laughs> So, you know, we're still learning some of the other ways of, yeah. I guess, terminology. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, last question. Um, how, how do you recruit for for your, your canoe club? I know that a lot of it is, is family, but um, how do you get the word out there to get more youth involved or even just other other people can anyone join and, and, and just be part of the canoe club? Uh, yeah, we never say no to anybody who wants to come out and paddle. Um, I guess I guess we don't really recruit. We just try and, and provide a fun environment and atmosphere that you'd want to be around. You know, we try to draw people to just come come hang out, come have fun. Mm-hmm. You want to paddle? Let's Let's go paddle. We have a lot of um, seasoned paddlers that have paddled with us for years. So obviously those paddlers would get, you know. Seniority. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you want to call it, seniority. <laughs> but 
like Joe said, we never turn anybody away. And we, if people want to come and try our canoes, we always, always let them. I mm-hmm. think that's a, a big part of, of keeping the culture alive and, you know, keeping that door open for, for people to experience that. Everyone should experience the water, the paddle, the canoe, and and the the energy that it, it brings to somebody when they get on the water and and just the the, the whole the feeling fun. yeah the <laughs> fun and and we have fun we know? did a uh, we we had there was an off weekend uh, one of the Vancouver Island races was canceled last last summer and uh, you know we didn't we didn't want to sit around and not race or not mm-hmm. be on the water or be on the canoe so uh, we decided on a, I think it was a Sunday night hey let's let's do a summertime scramble and just host a event and let's invite community members, non-natives, anybody who wants to come out and try. And we had a pretty good turnout with that from uh, a lot of the kayakers and rowers and outrigger mm-hmm. paddlers that we met showed up, and we let them experience our canoes and race. And um, So we just had a fun day. Yeah. That was at Lake Clockham. Awesome. That was um, in Bellingham Herald. They came mm-hmm. out and took pictures and... Uh, we had a lot of compliments, and we had a lot of people flip over. That you know, our <laughs> canoes are very tippy. Yeah. If you don't know how to balance, you're going to go over, and uh, it's art, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, a lot of the experienced paddlers, non-native paddlers, couldn't believe how tippy our canoes were, mm-hmm. and uh, we called it a scramble because we put everybody's name in a, a hat, mm-hmm. and that's how we drew our crews. So we had crews with all different. Um, abilities. You know, some from Flaming Star came down. From uh, Vancouver Island. From Vancouver, Vicky Lynn, Five Star, North Vancouver. Uh, some paddlers from Lummi came out, Ultimate Warrior. Hmm. Um, so we actually had a lot of river spirit, a lot of participants from different canoe clubs and, you know, outside of the war canoe circuit even. Hmm. So it was you know, paddling with people you've never paddled with before. And they thanked us, you know, from not always... Uh, us always having to win everything and just it, for the fun of the the paddle, the fun of the canoe. And um, so many people enjoyed it and just it was it was a good weekend and good weather. And, you know, that's that's what we like to do, fun things and and giving back to our community. And that's bringing you know. the community together to have fun. Awesome. Well, we'll we'll be right back uh, with more from the Ricole Cree Canoe Club. I'm Tony Hilaire, and this is KMRE 102.3 FM in Bellingham, uh, Friends and Relatives Radio Hour. the Recole Cree Canoe Club and uh, they're going to give us a little 
a closing of uh... so um, if you haven't already please go uh, on Facebook and like our our canoe club page uh, Rocole Cree Canoe Club uh, a lot of a lot of the surrounding community members and uh, have already liked it uh, Rocole Creek Canoe Club R I K K O L E C R E E Canoe Club. Um, we invite you all to come see us at Lake Wacom. We practice every day. We're there at 6 p.m. We'll start in middle of March and we'll be there. Like our Facebook page and we'll keep you posted <laughs> where we're at and what we're doing. Haishka, Atza, and Squall, uh, thank you for your words. Uh, you're listening to the Friends and Relatives Radio Hour on KMRE 102.3 FM in Bellingham. Uh, and thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. I'm Bo Garrow, and today's episode was Friends and Relatives was produced in the KMRE Spark Radio Studios, located in the Spark Museum on Bay Street in Bellingham. Our producer is Robert Muzzy. The engineer for today's show is Meryl Hunt-Paez, Sabakwa, and Robert Clark. And we hope you have a great evening.